Good morning, Three Crosses. I've got some questions for you this morning. What robs your sleep, captures your dreams, or fills your dreams, captures your heart, your resources, and captivates your imagination? Because the answer to that question defines, in great part, who you are, the mission you're on, and the direction you're going. You see, our world right now is in flux. It's in change, constant change. And right now, the news media is filled with men and women of passion, those with a cause and with a purpose. Where are those of passion in, in um, Three Crosses Church? We saw some of them on stage this morning. Tremendous. Great worship. Right now, I'd like to, uh, if you look in the news media, um, much of what fills our news these days are the revolutionaries, the zealots of uh, ISIS. And they are driven for a purpose. It's the wrong purpose. It's the wrong cause. But they're consumed with it. And perhaps um, right now there are people with a purpose and a cause who want to change this world. And I love, I love the Beatles tune, Revolution. You say you want a revolution. Uh, we all want to change the world. And I know that in this church, in this service, there are radicals, revolutionaries. There's a few rebels. Uh, they're usually in the youth. But, uh, <laughs> but what's, what's your cause? What's your mission? What's your purpose? Um, radical change often comes as a result of revolution. And uh, that word revolution means the overthrow of one government for another or the institution of a radical change. And the revolutionaries are the followers of revolution. They are the promoters, the advocates who engage in revolution. Revolutionaries cause change and often topple empires. And perhaps uh, we're all affected by the revolutions of past years. Joseph Stalin, Vladimir Lenin, Ho Chi Minh. They were all revolutionaries who instituted communism in their countries. It's interesting, Ho Chi Minh was, he was a nationalist, but pushed towards communism by the war that was taking place in his country. But perhaps the greatest revolutionary or longest living revolutionary of our time is Fidel Castro. Fidel Castro uh, served for over 50 years. He saw the coming and going of over nine U.S. presidents. He started as, a, uh, as an idealist, a student, and he's a lawyer. Um, I'm not going to say anything more about that. <laughs> but he was, a, he was a, a lawyer, but driven to a mission and a passion. He fought in Colombia before he was engaged in the 1953 Moncada military base attack, where he and a bunch of students that he had rallied up attacked the military base in Santiago de Cuba, attacked a military hospital, killed sick officers and military personnel right in their beds, and attacked the officers' quarters. They were beaten back, and because they had killed sick and dying men in their beds, the army took its recourse 
and many of them never made it back to the jails. Fidel escaped, uh, just outside of Santiago was discovered, and then he defended himself in this famous impassioned speech. Um, rather than take his life, he was, they sent the problem away to Mexico. And so uh, in Mexico, uh, Fidel Castro began to raise up an army. There the uh, Russian KGB connected with him and they began to fund his revolution. Uh, we can change that uh, slide. Uh, they began to fund his revolution. And they began to, uh, he began to build up uh, his army and his, uh, the 26th of July movement is what they were called, which eventually led to communism. He, there's perhaps no better known revolutionary in our day than Fidel Castro. But as long as Russia was pumping in eight to ten and a half billion dollars a year, the revolution flourished, it advanced, the Cubans lived well, and then the wheels fell off the cart, and the revolution began to falter. I went in, um, in uh, when Fidel became sick and his brother took his place, his brother is not near the diplomat that Fidel was. I heard Fidel preach for six and a half hours on baseball one time. I turned on the TV in the morning, yep, same old, same old, turned it off, came back. Six hours later, he was still preaching. The man knew how to, he was charismatic, he knew how to preach. And you know, often revolutionaries are surrounded by other men, other faces, personalities of revolution. Che Guevara, perhaps, uh, he is, Che Guevara was a, an Argentine doctor turned socialist who was looking for a cause as a young man. There in Mexico, he was introduced to the Castro brothers, Fidel, Raul, and he began to take up their cause. He returned to Cuba in 1956 on the yacht Granma, and uh, there he began. When they offloaded on shore, there were 82 revolutionaries who were going to overthrow the country. But uh, he is, around the world, the face of revolution. You go to any university, you see some student wearing a T-shirt that has J on it. They don't understand the bloodshed that he let and what he did. He was the first minister of finance of Cuba, but he exported revolution to other countries of the world and was indeed killed in Bolivia when he was trying to institute communism in Bolivia. Perhaps the most common face of the communist revolution in Cuba is Camilo Cienfuegos. Camilo was also a student, a dissident. Uh, he was a Marxist before Cuba even knew it was going in the direction of Marxism, communism. And he was thrown out of the country. Again, he, like Jay, found the Castro brothers in Mexico, and they began to make trips into the States and uh, in the surrounding countries to raise up funds for their revolution. And as Che was, uh, che was the second commander of the second column of the 26th of July movement, Camilo Cienfuegos was, com uh, was comandante of the first column. They began, when, when they landed on the beaches in the far uh, southeast of Cuba, Batista's army was waiting for them and mowed them down and 
the revolution basically started with 12 men and women impassioned, envisioned to overthrow the government and take Cuba for communism. But they started with 12 men and they began to win the, the poor farmers in the area and that's where the revolution started in the Sierra Maestra mountains. Che Guevara became too popular and became a threat to the government. Many feel that uh, Fidel and Raul had him executed. He went out to dispel a revolt within the revolution, never came back. His plane was blown up. They never found, they never found any sign of it, but it was blown up at sea, they suspect. And to this day, you'll see flowers in October traveling out to sea as people commemorate the memory of their hero, uh, Camilo Cienfuegos. It's interesting, uh, in 1992 I was in Cuba and Barbara Walters was in our hotel uh, interviewing Fidel Castro. We went out and as far as we could see along the beaches, the eastern beaches, about 20 minutes to half an hour of Havana where was... um, was uh, rafters trying to leave to make it across 90 miles to the shores of Florida. And if they had landed, then they were processed and likely going to be received into the United States. But out of of the 100,000 that were leaving, only 25,000 ever made it. The rest died at sea, some by... Uh, uh, from, from lack of water. It's usually a six-day float unless you have an engine. So we were pushing them off from the beaches. Uh, Garth Hunt was with me, and uh, we had a, a Baptist pastor talking to a Cuban Baptist pastor, and he's saying, why? Why is it that the people work six days a week, but they have no food? Most of them don't have cars. The cars are so old. Why is it that... Most, there's so many people in the streets, they don't seem to have uh, jobs. Most of the people don't seem to be working. And he was asking a hundred whys. Finally, Garth got frustrated. He said, Rusty, enough, enough of your questions. You're pestering this poor pastor. And uh, this young Baptist pastor said, no, no, we don't mind answering the questions, but you're asking questions everybody knows. The why is that communism has failed. The system doesn't work. Our leadership has failed us. We have no hope. We have no future. But the right question is, who? Who can save us? Who can deliver us from our plight, from this crisis? Who can deliver us from this faltering economy and give us hope, direction, and a future? And as Christians, we have the answer. It's Jesus Christ. And then Fidel Castro said an interesting thing. He was being interviewed by a Brazilian Catholic theologian named Frei Beto. And in that interview, Fidel Castro said, the greatest revolutionary who ever lived was not Stalin, Lenin, or Ho Chi Minh. The greatest revolutionary who ever lived was Jesus Christ because his was a revolution of love. Jesus Christ is a revolutionary. His message is revolutionary. He came, his very birth caused the death of tens of thousands of young children as they tried to exterminate the Messiah. And he is, he came as light to penetrate darkness. He is the hope of the world. He came with a purpose 
with a cause, with a message. His message is revolutionary. He came to release the prisoners, to set the captives free. Maybe you're a captive this morning. Maybe you feel like you're in chains. You need that light penetrating your darkness. And so, um, Jesus Christ came not for the sons, not for the daughters of the soil. He came to release and, and uh, take out of bondage the souls of the soil of Cuba, of America, and of the world. His message is revolutionary. In Matthew, and we're going to stay in Matthew this morning, Larry. In Matthew chapter 10, <laughs> Matthew chapter, chapter 10 we read, and that'll be the next slide, I believe. Whoever acknowledges me before man, I will also acknowledge before uh, acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. Do not suppose that I came to bring peace. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. I came to cause war. I came to initiate a revolution. For I have come to turn a man against his father, daughter against her mother, daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, a man's enemies will be the members of his own household, and anyone who loves his father, mother, son, and daughter more than me is not worthy of me, not worthy of my cause. And anyone who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. That's fairly revolutionary. And then that theme is picked up in Psalm 2. And uh, again, in Psalm, in Psalm chapter 2, he said, Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and rulers gather together against the Lord. You see, when a person becomes a Christian in a family, it often causes friction. And you're fighting with the members of your own family because they're going on a course. They're going in one direction and suddenly you're standing in opposition to the direction you're going. That's revolution. You're bringing about change. A tra change of your worldview, a change of your, of your commitment, a change of your purpose. That's revolution. Jesus Christ was perhaps the greatest revolutionary who ever lived. Jesus is bringing a new revolution into Cuba. And... He often, uh, revolutionaries are consumed with a cause. Perhaps one man who made one of the greatest changes in the history of Cuba was a dear friend of mine, Alipio Pedraza. Alipio um, was a soldier in Batista's army when the 26th of July movement engaged in combat with the Cuban army. And he refused to pick up arms and shoot on this rebel army. And so for that, he was imprisoned for three years, discharged, of course, from the army. And when he was released from prison, after Castro had been sent into Mexico, he began to pastor a Pentecostal church in the extreme east of Cuba called Baracoa. Seeing the need around him as his church grew, it was, it was just a small, poor uh, agricultural community and seeing the need around him, he realized that there was such a desperation for people to know and to have hope 
and to have a purpose and a cause for Jesus Christ. So he sent out two laymen from his church. They were supported by the people with a few chickens, a handful of rice, some beans, and whatever the people could afford. They didn't have much. At that time, we were supporting pastors at $2 a month. We had kids with their allowance supporting up to five pastors. And those were desperate times. It was called the special period when communism had, had literally failed. Russia pulled back its support, and they were on the brink of collapse. And Alipio caught the vision and caught the opportunity, sent out two pastors. In one year, each of those pastors had planted two house churches. So he raised and sent up another five. In one year, each of those five had planted a church. And then 15, he sent out 15 more laymen. And in the next year, amongst the 15, they had planted 10, 10 to 12 churches. And that's when we came along because we began to support them financially. We said, you know what, they can't be working four and five and six days a week to support the church. Can you use some support? We started with 60 church planters, and then by the next year we doubled that to 120 church planters. And Alipio was, uh, he was, had the largest church in the, in the East. He was really the father of the house church movement in Cuba, a great revolutionary for God. And the church grew from 1992-93 in 1995 from 1,100 churches and house churches and missions in Cuba to where just in the Pentecostal movement alone, there are over 7,000 churches, house churches today. And in all of Cuba, between 23 and 24,000 churches, house churches in Cuba. They don't know what to do. The Communist Party is losing members of the party to Christianity. There's a new revolution in Cuba. Alipio is a rebel with a cause. Fidel Castro called all the church denominational leaders in and he says, I need your help. I need for you to come alongside and we're having struggles with prostitution. We're having a, a, a real crisis with uh, youth that are becoming addicted to drugs and delinquents. And um, we really need to help with this, with this. Can the church help us? And they said, this is what the church is all about. We pick up people from the depths of their despair and their lostness and redirect them on a path towards God. But we need your permission to be able to plant churches in the isolated communities and in the mountains and in the cooperatives throughout Cuba. Castro said this. He said who do you think you're kidding? He says, wherever I go in Cuba, isolated communities, towns, uh, up into the mountains, the octopus of the mountains has already reached in there with his tentacles and planted a house church. He was talking about Alipio Pedraza. And today, in Cuba, there's a new revolution taking place. Together, Three Crosses Church with Emblaze Ministry has supported over 1,500 church planters over the years. They have planted 1,200 plus churches, house churches and missions in these past 20 years. There's a new revolution taking place in Cuba. You see in that picture of Alipio, uh, that's all the clothes he had. I, I, I wanted a picture of this great church planter wearing a girl's sweater, so I, I thought that was so cool. 
Another great revolutionary, a, a new face of revolution in Cuba is a man by the name of Moises Prada, a brilliant scientist. He's a nuclear biologist who is one of the elite, one of the sung heroes of Cuban society. He's written four books on genetic engineering. In other words, how to change and engineer change in the plants of Cuba to make greater money and to have greater yield. He's written over 40 papers, is on three international symposiums. And he had a traveling expense to travel around the world representing Cuba in genetic engineering. He had his own car, he had his own house, and then his life got all screwed up when he met Jesus Christ. God's a change agent. When Jesus Christ comes into a person's life, sometimes it causes chaos. So he left it all. He gave it all up to follow Christ. When he started a house church with 12 people, half of them being his family, the government had him analyzed by a psychologist to see if he was insane. He was insane. Insane for God. And he was so driven, I mean, to give that all up, to start a small little house church that couldn't support him, of 12 people. He was a radical. Left everything. That's what the world needs. We need radicals. We need rebels. We need revolutionaries who can win this world for the cause of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In the first four years, he moved from his small little house church into the city of Che, Santa Clara. Che Guevara had, with 33 men, surrounded a military train and overtook the military train of 300, had them throw down their weapons and then pick them up and fight for the 26th of July movement. And for that, Santa Clara is called the city of Che. Moises Prada entered that city of 600,000 people, and he said, I want to visit every household for Christ. I want to testify and witness to everyone about who Jesus Christ is and what he can do for your life. And so in the first four years, he trained 17 pastors, 50 evangelists, and 50 couples to visit door by door, every household in Cuba. And uh, within two years, he had visited 50,000 uh, people. He shared Christ with 19,000. In other words, 19,000 plus people invited them into, into their homes, and over 8,000 of them surrendered their life to Jesus Christ. Well, what do you do when you only have a church that can fit 250 people? You have to plant house churches, missions. And so in those four years, uh, they started 304 cell groups in four years. That's radical. That's revolutionary. Today, there are 1,000-plus cell groups. He has 80 full-time evangelists and 85 independent churches, each with their own missionaries being sent out to plant cell groups and missions and house churches in every corner of his district of three provinces. And they have divided the city into 12 districts, and they are very close to having visited every home in Santa Clara. And uh, Paul and Robert and 
The worship team from Three Crosses came and visited to encourage the revolutionaries, to stimulate the revolution. And when they came into that church, they just rocked Moises' church. Along the way, we had helped, with the help of uh, Three, Cro uh, Three Crosses Church, we had helped him buy a building and build an overflow room on the top because he has 250 people when I first went there, and he had another 200 people in the front of the church blocking the streets, and the government tried to get them out of there, but no, they were coming to the church. So in the upper left and bottom right, that's his church. His vision is for a church of 1,500 people. And uh, we've been helping him. We bought the house next door. And when Paul and, and Three Crosses team visited there, they had already built onto the, the house next door, but his vision is for... Uh, and then we, we helped build the next three uh, buildings. We helped buy the next three buildings. He's knocking the centers out, and he's going to build that uh, facility for 1,500 people for a, a conference and training center so they can take Cuba for Christ. Where are the radicals? Where are the rebels, the revolutionaries? Today, uh, when, when uh, we went into, uh, when, th when uh, the church went in, uh, when your people came in, uh, they really made an impact and really encouraged. And in true rebel fashion, after the last service, they marched into the town square and began to share their testimony. I mean, I thought, these guys are crazy. If I get caught, I'm going to get kicked out of the country. I don't care if they get kicked out of the country. But I can't be kicked out of the country because this next trip will be my 120th trip into Cuba. And I have to keep coming back. And I have to put the resources with Three, three Crosses help into their hands to help take Cuba for Christ. And so today we're seeing in 2014 in Blaze Ministries with your support uh, supported 392 church planters. Uh, you support just under a third of those. And together we ministered to 99,326. There were 200, over 22,000 that accepted Christ, baptized 5,670-some. Uh, new prayer cells that were started, 472. That's one year alone. That's last year alone. New church plant, uh, plants, 132. And this is a stat I love, 71, 71, 71 pastors who have planted a church, raised up a congregation that no longer needs our support, become independent from us and go along planting more churches. And then we constructed 19 buildings and visited, our, our teams visited over 20 prisons in Cuba. God is leading a revolution and raising up revolutionaries within this country of Cuba. Osmani Sosa is one of Cuba's great revolutionaries. He has a passion for baseball. At 17, he played for Cuba's junior national team. He played for Industriales, which is the Havana team, at the top tier, it's like Major League Baseball, the top tier of Cuba's sport. And he was the elite pitcher, the best in the country for two years. And he shared with me, he says, Dario, he says, sometimes when we get to that level uh, in our sport, we need an edge. So I turned to Santeria, which is like Cuban voodoo, spirit worship. And he said, I would be filled with the spirit or with the spirits in order to give me an edge. But I couldn't sleep. There was a struggle in my life. And then, something, then everything changed. My mother became a Christian. 
Again, revolution in the home. She led me to Christ, and when they found out that I was now following Christ, I got kicked out of baseball. I didn't know what to do. I decided I wanted to be a preacher, but my mentor, Alexander Nieto, or Alejandro Nieto, told me, Osmani, you don't want to be a, a pastor. You're a terrible preacher. He says, you know baseball. What you need to do is you need to win youth for Christ. And so he caught a vision about the same time as this other radical from Three Crosses named Doug Foxworthy began to capture a vision to start 600 ball teams. I mean, how radical, how weird is that? I'm going to start and help 600 ball teams in Cuba. That's radical. And so we began to bring resources in. I remember the first group, they brought in eight uniforms and all this ball equipment. I thought, what the heck are we going to do with this? We started a baseball league in Camagüey, where we'll be going in two weeks. And then they be, we began to pour the resources into his hands. And, you know, it's, it's amazing what God can do when we put our resources in his hands. In the first 10 years of this sports ministry, over 500 teams were started in 12 different sports. It's gone beyond baseball. 53,373 kids and parents won to Christ. 165 churches participated, discipling the kids after they had been saved and helping out run the baseball in their areas. 12 provinces involved. And during the past year of 2014, you can see the stats there, 65,000 kids engaged with 18,200 and some accepting Christ. 450 churches involved from 17 denominations that have caught the vision for sports ministry. You know, the resources in sports, 900 sports teams now, 300 this past year alone, handed out 800 Bibles, 1,100 New Testaments, 2,500 tracts. Thanks to Cuba's new revolutionaries, we're now seeing a new revolution in Cuba. In conclusion, this world will not be won by those who see fit to leave well enough alone. Through weal or woe, the status is quo. Is that your mission? Where are the rebels? Where are the radicals? Where are the revolutionaries from Three Crosses Church? We got some of them sent to Santa Clara. And uh, it's exciting what God is doing through this church, the impact you're making. You will never know this side of heaven. Thank you, Three Crosses Church, for supporting this new revolution in Cuba. Thank you that uh, by not seeing fit to leave well enough alone, and uh, thank you for being a part of what God is blessing. I want to close with uh, Robert Service's, a part of his poem, The Call of the Yukon, which is The Call of a Revolutionary. Send not your feeble and weary, for I, uh, for I, I harry them sore. Send me men and women fit for battle, men equipped to the core. I will not be won by weaklings, subtle, suave, and mild, but by men and women with the hearts of Vikings, of revolutionaries, of radicals, and the simple faith of a child. There's a new revolution in Cuba. God is winning the war, the spiritual war. 
Communism is failing. Socialism is failing. And even though there are new groups like ISIS, it's going to fail. Because the end is secured. It's ensured. God has endued us with power for what? To witness. These are the kinds of revolutionaries that God can use to help change this nation for God, that island nation of Cuba for God, and this world for the cause of Christ. Thank you.